0: Yo, this is Zero from El and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods. And in our intention, our intention is to gather our community to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Ajo, ometeo, tonansi, tonato.
1: We start out on this new road. No turning back. We have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Oh, dreaming them. Calling them.
0: We are becoming what we were. It is part of that Maya prophecy. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unakoo. Keep walking. We, the human, we are doing the spirit of Unakoo.
1: They planned their lives according to the heavens. Well-versed in astronomy using a sophisticated mathematics, they calculated the movements of the night sky thousands of years into the past and thousands of years into the future. They knew that the universe moved in cycles. Their lives were moved by the rhythms of the natural world, planting and harvesting, birth and death, just as the great tree of life Always there
2: connected. Science and religion. In dreams we learn from the Maya gods when to plant and when to harvest, when to set a fire. When
1: went to the corn ceremony. the corn ceremony. What we're coming up with is part of our history, and the men
0: that lived here are some of the greatest men we've ever had, and it's a fact that we're getting to know more and more and more about the life of these people. They still maintain their customs, they still maintain their ways of organizing their societies, and it's very
2: exciting to see how much of the ancient my way of life is still alive.
1: American history does not begin in 1492 with Columbus. It begins in 200 BC with the first Maya king who wrote his name on a stump. What is happening now is the people who made these places, people like Yashpak or Bird Jaguar or Pakal, are getting back their voices. They are becoming
2: real to us and speaking to the people of the 20th
1: about
0: who built this place
2: and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapu. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unapu. 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 Yo, yo, yo. Yo. LA Natives Podcast. Las Aslan Natives Podcast. <clears throat> yo, Zero. I've been... I noticed a couple weeks ago there was a fan. Yeah, that reached out to you. They emailed us and they, I think, DM'd us, asking you or they want to ask you a question like, how, how were you able to find all these samples for that intro and just put them together so cohesively?
0: I, you know, that was crazy because I was listening to this the intro today and just closing my eyes and going how hard it was to put it together because you can easily cheat and go to the most popular documentaries that are being put out but what i did was i went to like travel channels and i went to different um like smaller networks and got those footages from them because they would go interview some poor native indian shaman and and he would say the right thing versus getting a you know, a documentary done by National Geographic that's only going to let doctors and white people talk about our culture. So I, I had to do something different for that piece because I went, no, there's other people that... that and, and so as I'm reviewing, like, the Travel Channel, and, oh, we went to Cancun, and we spoke to this guy, and I went, oh, shit, I know him. He's an elder. I'm going to see what he says. And then he says some crazy shit, and I just got that one piece. So you can't even find all of those pieces in one documentary. It's it's like a piece of a travel channel, a piece of a documentary, another piece of another documentary, and I put it all together in one.
2: Well, bro, I I think it was the eyeball. What do you think about that?
0: I want to see it. Yeah, or or you want to see the documentary now? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the hard thing, and the and the cool thing is that, that it's not one documentary. You think, oh shit, I'm gonna look at the documentary where he pulled all these samples from, and it's not. It's like places that you would have like you know those travel channels like yeah. where they just go to vacation, but then, you know, they're looking for someone to interview. So they'll interview like a an person elder. in a vi- in a village, right? An elder. And <clears throat> some to only monetize it, you know? Well, I mean, they have really deep things to say and they run ceremonies or they used to run ceremonies at, at uh at these sacred sites and so Anyways, I just thought to be creative just instead of just pulling from one popular documentary, although I did use a popular documentary. um, It was a lot of travel channel and PBS and all these other different. And it it took me a while. It took me how long it took me to make that? Like, I want to say like three months. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. And keep in mind, guys, this is the intro to the legendary album, Jaguar prophecies of El Vu, right? Yes. By El Vu, that, that album was super special. Yeah, man. Just there was a fan that was just like it was it was like an itch on his back. He was just like, "Yo,
0: you know, I need when, to know when, when I, I know why people feel that way is because I, I was trying to tell a story of who we are, right? And getting all the points of like, kind of like when they highlight athletes, okay. you know? Oh, on this day he made fifteen points, and on that day he made fifty points, and on that day. He, so I was kind of doing that with our culture and, and getting concepts that um, I know were profound. Like the tree, the world, when, when they talk about, in that intro, they talk about the tree of life. And then people automatically go, well, it's a tree in the earth. But it's not. It's the cosmic tree. It's, it's a tree. It, it's interdimensional. It's like has higher levels. Like you have to have a higher spirit to enter that level. And
2: this is why that album was just on a whole different level to begin with When yeah. you listen to it
0: We really rooted ourselves in the message of 2012 So El Bu was pretty much made to You know Blow the concha shell for um, yeah, yeah. Um, Blow the concha shell for our community Through that album in, in whatever way And it still kind of resonates now You know a lot of kids are really You know a lot of kids tell me when did I release that Right, because it sounds so modern Yeah, it had a different I mean, I took a different approach of beat, uh, producing the beats too So, because I produced that record too But When it, did you release it though? 2002 Shit. Yeah And that that made me feel really good because I know that at One time I was, I was looking at um, I think Alex Gray, he was a painter And he was saying that Art has a way of having longevity way past the person that even made it. Right. Right. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, you want your music to be timeless. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I felt like that's what I aimed for. Every time I do music, I try to do music that is timeless. Like, it's like so unique. It has to be like a painter. Right. right. There's only one. There's only one like Banksy. He has his own. I mean, people try to mimic what he does. But he does he, he does him, you know what I mean? And that's what I had to do production-wise, lyric-wise, and artistic-wise. You know, I just had to do that. And that's what my first project turned out to be, which was Jaguar Prophecies. And that was the intro to Jaguar Prophecies. So, it's a, it's a, that, that intro is very deep. You know, it means a lot to me because I had a chance to really paint a picture for our community about who we are. You know, versus the same old story of conquest and sacrifice no there were way more deeper concepts that we had we had concepts that that some people still don't understand today you know so i had a ability to highlight that for us and as a community as las taslan as la natives as as chicanos as indigenous people who Relate to this continent and the ancient people of this continent, which is our grandfathers and grandmothers. So,
2: yeah. wow, that's a man. Couldn't say it any better. <laughs> so there it is. That's the answer to your question, homeboy. I'm going to go ahead and send you this. Thank you for, you know, engaging with us and listening to us all day, every day. Um, We have a very special guest sitting with us. We have DJ Eyeball.
0: Very yeah, he's DJ. one of my DJs that plays when we play when I play big shows, it's DJ Eyeball that, usually DJ Eyeball or DJ Survive. It's either one of those two that are doing my music. So. Yeah, what up, also, Eyeball? Yeah. Welcome to the LA you, Natives Podcast. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Welcome.
2: Um now this episode very, very, very special because we love it when we could reach four, five hundred, six hundred thousand miles away and get a quality art, artist to join us, right,
0: Zero? Yeah, absolutely. I love I love being, you know, reaching as far as we can because everybody loves and talks about Los Angeles, you know, and, you know, wanting to be here and wanting to live here. And we actually get to live that dream. You know, we are from here. Yeah, we're spoiled for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like Venice Beach is like, oh, yeah, I'll go next week. You know, but from people from out of town, they're like, fuck, I got to go to Venice, you know, like as soon as they get here. It, it, it's... I think artists have
2: it twisted, man, because you know it like how I know it. A lot of artists think they could come to
0: L.A. and kill it. No, not even people from L.A. kill it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you got to invite all your friends for people to show up here. But I mean, if you're really good, of course, you know, you can pack any house. But it's not something that you just come in on. I always tell artists that, that have never been here like don't expect it to be you know more than what it's going to be you know right, I mean? right. cuz you this is your first time here yep you know and the second time you come people talk about it and the third time you come the fourth time you come okay your family and everybody's going to show up yeah so it takes a while to massage Los Angeles into supporting even if you're the fucking dopest artist i mean sometimes right because the reward
2: especially being in L.A., as we all know it, if you do good, it's going to come. This is where the biggest market's at, right, Zero? Mm-hmm. The shows are always killing it out here. It doesn't matter if it's one of our shows, Panic L.A. shows, out-the-house shows, you name it, right? It just shows out here, they they just treat them a little better because out here we want to make sure the fans get their money's worth, right, Zero?
0: Well, it, I mean, it carries the mystique of, like, you know, Sunset, and, you know, the whole... You know, I I used to think the, uh, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that the psychedelic hippie movement didn't start in San Francisco? Wow, it started on Los A- in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard. You know, so what I'm, I'm not saying that that's what we're doing. I'm just saying that trends start here. You know, people get you know written up or you know if you can make it here, yeah, you can really get anywhere. You know, not not like New York.
2: That's a big <laughs> slogan right there. If you can make it in LA, you can make it anywhere. Well, if you, you know, can make it much, in
0: LA, though, <laughs> if you can make it in LA, you're on your shit because it takes a lot to convince people to come and to your show and support you even if you're good. Even if you're good and there's not nothing you could do about it. But that's why, you know, LA natives myself, Elvoo, I didn't take an approach to like market a community in Los Angeles. I met I I took an approach to building a re, a long relationship with whoever bought any one of my albums. They can jump into my solo projects and go, "Oh, wow, that's a part of that those projects." You know what I mean? Like kind of like Wu-Tang, like you know when RZA does a project, it sounds like a Wu-Tang project. And that was an example I took where it was like, "Okay, I'm going to create a sound that Even if the band does not decide to make music anymore, I could still plug in my solo projects or any other, you know, MC that I decide to work with and plug them into this specific sound. And that's what created with with El Vu, I think.
2: Amazing. Amazing. And that being said, guys, June 25th, 2022 at the Catch One, Custer's Last Stand, our second annual Indigenous hip-hop gathering, headlining, Dakota Bear. Dude. Wow. That's fire, bro. Zero of
0: We got Nug Life. I'm honored. You know, Nug Life. It's like we're building a community of, of really dope artists that don't necessarily say the same thing. But are united by, I don't know, the tribe. We're the fucking tribe, man. You know? And it doesn't, you just have to live a certain way. You know, and even if you're making mistakes, you're still welcome in this tribe. You're just going to be treated like one that makes mistakes. In our tribe, we have to shoot for full potential. So everyone's welcome. June 25th, bro, Dakota Bear, Canada. You know, I am honored to once again be in front of a crowd that supported us because the first show brought in almost 300 people. And now I get to do it again. With a really dope artist and other artists that are a part of our camp, like Azamatli. Shout out Azamatli. Shout out Sub One. Shout out um, Bruhas Bru. Right, I want to get their name right. Um, who else is joining us? Today? Indigenous Cats. Indigenous Cats. Pro, product Pistolas. Product Pistolas. There wasn't somebody else though. And uh, we just added Sico Solado. No way. Yeah. Nice. You jumping on the bill. Sweet. See, it's a tribe. It's a tribe that has their own vibe, but we're one tribe. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't push any agendas on me. We're all sovereign. And shout out to we po- all respect and love each other. Shout out to Polka One. Uh, Polka One's Polka gonna one, be there. Yeah. Polka, Polka One's dope. gonna be there. She's dope, right? Yeah, she got skills.
2: And and this is why this episode is so special. Because we have Earth Child. Let's go ahead and bring him right in. Nice.
1: What's good, everybody? Hey, how you <laughs>
0: doing, my brother?
1: I uh, doing pretty good, man. Like just just chilling right now. Nice. um Definitely taking in this conversation. I love it right off the bat. I love nice. what you guys are talking about. Man, I'm just I'm stoked to be here. Nice. You know, yo, um, honored to be here.
2: It, it, it was a super last minute invite, bro. But I think it, it was well worth it because I was talking to you off camera, bro. And you definitely have a huge story to tell, brother. So, go ahead and give us, you know, a, a quick little, you know, intro to our audience uh, of, of, of Earth
1: Child. Go ahead. Uh, well, de- uh, Earth Child is like, uh, it's definitely a new thing for me. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's my solo start. Um, I was actually in a indigenous hip-hop group. It was a duo. We were together for 10 years. Um. Yeah, man, and we... You know we, we made a lot of moves we we made a lot of moves in a time where indigenous hip-hop was on the rise you know uh definitely getting like you know more focus uh out in the canadian scene right like um
2: like zero know, like, Bounce,
1: like like, Mod like, Mod like... Bounce was like coming in through the scene like mm-hmm. i would say like helen back Jesus, You know the team Rezo Fishel, Joey Styles, all these different Indigenous artists out of Canada were like the before uh, the before us coming through and Mob Bounce. um, You know I I guess like you'd have to check out the catalog. Uh, You know we didn't put too much out, but over that time we became uh, more popular for our live shows. You know coming out and and you know giving it our all live, but we we put out a an EP. just before COVID hit, it was like 2019. Uh, but unfortunately we split one um, <laughs> our separate ways, you know, we grew apart and uh, we got focused on our families and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, you know, definitely got to check out Mob Bounce. But uh, Earth Child is, is my new, you know, solo venture. Um, uh, these last couple of years, I'd say about five years I've, I've been focused on, uh, production and, and recording and mixing everything from home um, it's kind of crazy how it all happened too because um, you know COVID happened and a lot of you know a lot of people uh, went into hiding uh, you know went into their spaces and so I was already kind of in this like we put out a we put out a song together as Mob Bounce called Journey to the Cave I kind of already had this like this mindset that like I was going to be hibernating for a while or something. I don't know if it's like, you know, on, on, on that spiritual level, but I felt like when COVID hit, um, you know, I welcomed the sun into my life. Uh, you know, I, I split from my hip hop group and that was like my baby, you know, like that started back in, uh, conceptually 2009 and started to kind of take shape into 2011. Um, you know, and we were on a trajectory, like, you know, you've heard of groups like Snotty News, Res Kids, I don't know if you've heard of Boogie the Beat, uh, of course, Jesus uh, and Helen Back and all those other guys, but, we're, you know, we were working with them and, and doing things shoulder to shoulder and we had a pretty good placement, you know, like, we felt like we were, you know, on that trajectory and it's, it's just unfortunate, you know, that, you know, things didn't work out, but like I said, over COVID, I've just been focused on production and and recording and mixing my own, and you know, starting from scratch. <laughs> yeah. It's... You know, p- putting putting ten years in and and you know, kind of feeling like you have to restart. Um, I think you know when. How, how long have you been writing music for? Oh man, I've been I've been doing it a long time. Like I can go back to uh like about uh, like, grade seven and i was just like you know writing i'm i'm talking ran, about random like, shit i'm talking <laughs> about
0: like maybe like the like i guess maybe i should have reworded it like when like when you put out a project like from start to finish where it has graphic design and a you know an album yeah. or, or a project a ep whatever it is nowadays it's singles you can do that with a single now and and, and yeah uh, definitely uh, but back in the day um you had to put out a whole project complete, you know, and we yeah. we as artists feel like. You know, since we completed this type of activity or right or goal, more of a goal. That um, it starts and finishes and has an ending, but really I learned and I'm only giving you my opinion, bro. It's just this is just okay. my opinion as as an artist that. i've been i've been writing music for a while and my first recorded project was in 89 so and then i it was with a rock band but i knew what it was like to go through the motions of graphic design and all that stuff and then i learned from that project and then went into a reggae band and we got a we did a project there too and then i learned what i learned in those projects and did it with the hip-hop group called el vu and those have been my most successful projects But what I'm trying to say is that as an artist, we get stuck with, like, the disappointment of not doing it with these comrades that we felt a connection with, you know. And then when it comes to an end, we feel like we're starting over. But you're not really starting over because you have all that experience that you have with your your tribe. It's just that you're not doing it with your tribe. You know what I mean? And I know because I'm going through the same thing, maybe similar to you, you know, where it's like I'm not making music. With my original tribe But yeah, that's okay true. Because Because um, I started to realize that Sometimes as artists prog- Your sound Progressively changes And it's hard to keep in harmony With everyone else Because maybe when you guys met You guys were all at the same frequency But then I feel that You know, yeah. you, you know what I mean You could you can meet young And be at the same frequency You know Do the same thing Same activity Same in- But then, you know, maybe one dude has a kid and stops drinking or stops smoking. And now his perspective is changing and it's not the same frequency. And that's what that's what I've learned to detach from projects, even if they're going good. And even if the project is with another individual, it's it's always temporary. It's like graffiti. It's dope as fuck. And I hope no one paints over it, but eventually someone's <laughs> gonna paint over it, right? It's like, you know what I mean? That's the way yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. about music projects now.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely been a learning lesson for me too. Yo, yo, yo. That, so that, so that time, I, I just COVID.
2: wanna add, I just wanna add, that's a great story that's like giving birth to Earth Child.
0: Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Going it's through all rebirth. that. Yeah. It's like a whole rebirth. Yeah more responsibility rebranding
1: yeah right that's definitely what i you know what i feel and i think like for me over covid and and splitting and having that thing go away like it definitely hit me mentally you know like um over that period of time like i just became heavily focused on being a dad you know yeah Uh, clean you know cleaning up my life and you know like i was traveling lots before too as an artist and when covid happened i was in my kids lives and my partner's lives more than ever and i feel that like that was the blessing mm. um but also being able to heal from this thing too like when you split from a group you know like sometimes you get left behind that that wave keeps going off but i felt like i had the opportunity too like that was another blessing like yeah. you end something and then Everybody was stopping, you know, like everybody right. wasn't active. Right. So I felt like blessed for that to be able to, you know, just go into hiding and, and focus on my craft and, and work on my shit, you know?
2: Well, I I have to say, um, Canada is fucking producing some dope ass artists. Is there, yeah. a, right? Like we've yeah. been interviewing
0: a lot. It's of- just that, you know, it sucks for Canada. Canadian artists is that they don't get exposure like I don't know how the fuck Drake did it. Like like even like you you had like I don't know what happened there, but no one ever went, Oh, that guy's cool, he's from Canada. And I'm not dissing Canada, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the exposure's not there. You know, and, yeah. and oh yeah, for sure. It's just not treated the same as like But America has the monopoly on that. You know what I mean? Like if you're from America and you're a, a recording artist or a movie star or something like you get a little bit of clout, like it's the whole all of America's Hollywood to the world. You know what I mean? like. And, and it sucks because, you know, these, Drizas, quality artists. Dakota Bear, quality artists. Snotty Nose, quality artists. Like, they deserve to have the same exposure that someone from Los Angeles does. And the sucky part about it is that you get fucking MCs from Los Angeles. They get massive fucking stories and everybody talks about them. It's massive, massive exposure and he's not really that good. And you got another fool From far away And trust me Zero knows is hip hop Yeah It's, it's just it's, I mean I know the underground I've been there I've seen really good artists and Like struggle And, and like um, But then that's a part of the art too Is like You don't know that you sign this Like card uh, I don't want to say that Because people are going to Misunderstand what I say You don't know you, you make an agreement With yourself To learn The way of an artist And it, Every artist That I've ever known has been on the street with the hat on the floor begging for change you know that's what an artist is is a guy who puts his hat on the floor and he begs for change now really good artists take that money he got on the floor and get a better stage to perform on so they make (laughs) more money just the hat gets bigger you know because you're asking an audience to support your art you know just like the bum is trying to say hey well, not a bum but the artist the the free spirit guy, the guy with the guitar on the corner With the hat on the floor is asking you to support his next meal You don't have to support his house Just buy me something to eat and throw a dollar, throw 50 cents, you know It's just that MCs and, and recording artists are just different They go, well, I, I could take my work money and put a bigger hat in front of a crowd And that's called merch, you know <laughs> <laughs> And if you're good (laughs) at it, you fucking get to, you know, some other people are good at doing that. So,
2: so what, what came to putting earth child together, like as a name, like how, how did that come about? Because I'm pretty curious because it sounds like this was maybe recent regarding the whole situation with your group. And then just to, you know, go ahead and pick a whole new name that actually fits. I love the name, bro. It's like a home run, you, <laughs> bro. You know? And it fits and it fix it it, it fixes with your aesthetic from, from, from what I saw with your music and on your social media.
1: Yeah, like for me Earth Child. So um my alias before was Hebes the Earth Child and it was actually like Hebs was like a high school nickname, you know, like uh, one of my white buddies called me back in the day. You know, you just pick up things along the way. And um, Earth child was something that was, like, always there, too. So it was hebes the earth child. I just ended up dropping the hebes then and decided to focus on this, you know. Th- these two words, um, you know, mean a lot to me because I became, you know, I became a father. My children are important to me. Um, you know, I named my firstborn, my first son, Aski, which is... Earth and Cree, And uh, A lot of it has been like You know reclaiming that space Right that decolonization So if you you know you put These important things into place right Like the earth and child and put them together It you know it makes sense to me Because I feel that's what we All are so It's my name but it can also be universal You know in the I'd say You know in the message um, or in the energy that I'm trying to put out, you know, as a as a performing artist.
2: That's a cool name. That's deep, you know. Yeah. I, I I always give it up to the artists that prioritize their kids, right? Zero. It, like it, it's it's a lot of artists that I don't know do that, bro.
0: No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, fatherhood is something, you know, and you're one like, of them, Zero. Well, to be honest, here here's the thing: is that I mean, as an artist, as you know, we we're discussing like independent artists. Like brother had just mentioned earlier in the podcast is that he used to travel a lot. I know the times that you travel as an artist, you don't make very much money and you're gone. It's an investment in your art. It's an investment in who you are, who your spirit is. And, you know, you have to go and do that. But I knew that when I started having children and and my career, as much as I wanted to advance it in that manner, um, I was going to be I was going to be a struggle for my kids to understand that, you know? So I chose yeah. to raise them, but still do music and take the focus out of being commercial artist or winning awards or, or having record deals. I took my artist in, artistry into just creating fine pieces of art. It's kind of like, you know, um, those Native Americans that you find... In a market in Santa Fe, and you're like, "What the fuck? This guy's fucking amazing!" You know, and he's just, he's just not a millionaire. You know, <laughs> I kind of take I take my got art. All that, turquoise on yeah, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> he's like a master turquoise dude, and you know he, he But he's not in Macy's, or he's not in a big jewelry store. Or he's not making. He doesn't have a warehouse full of like workers trying to make his reproduce his jewelry. That's a commercial venture, you know. And yeah, I chose as a father to be a father and a profound artist that when i get to do my art like it has to be profound and focused and all of my heart and distractions without destroying the lives of my children to fulfill a need in the spirit you know what i mean i could still you fulfill that need i
1: definitely resonate with that man like that's you saying that is kind of like the philosophy of where i'm at to be honest uh uh you know, I've been taking my time with my art and like you said, right. It's not about commercial. It's not about pushing it. It's not about all the marketing. It's about, you know, that, that energy, you know, being an artist, you got to get it out. You got to continue doing it because I don't know. I feel like I'd die if I didn't, <laughs> you know, if I wasn't moving. Well, that's um, the that's that energy. and
0: I, I, You know what I've come to figure out and tell me if you agree or not. Um, earth child, um, Oh, well, my friend's calling me. I'm on the fucking podcast, bro. You know you're seeing me on, on YouTube. He's trying to call me. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get personal. <laughs> I, I know, dude. Um, oh, fuck. I lost my train of thought. Um, Anyways.
1: Uh You were talking about... Uh, shit, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was riding that train with you, man. No, my friend with <laughs> Lucas
0: tries to call me on the podcast, threw me way off. Yo, anyways,
2: this is... <laughs> And this is why I brought this artist on the show because, you know, I have to say Snotty Nose. Dreeses, oh, I know what we're talking about. Dakota anyway. Bear. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know, Canada. It, it's making more quality Dude. Indigenous hip hop than out here in the U.S., bro. T- I, I don't I'm know if you know much.
0: these guys, um, Earthchild, but I know Manic and Oz. They're like pretty. I know, yeah,
1: um, I know these guys straight up. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, they're they're the wild dudes, day. and I, I met them.
0: They were like kind of like pretty hot too they were like on tv shows i think oz was on a tv show and he was a pretty famous rapper and i loved how rebellious they were and fucking just nuts they were they were like punk rock hip-hop you know what i mean not the sound but just their attitude and and uh
1: yeah i definitely like their mentors to me you know in a way like i don't talk to them very often but when i do of course it's about music but it's it's you know sometimes you need to like connect with people who are grounded or who've had that experience and you know sometimes it's just like hey what's up kind of thing or it could be like you know a conversation about what you know what we love what we're passionate about they're Uh, not just those fools are deep man i don't know where they'll be like content that is going through the music you know but i i know oz i know manic like yeah i've worked with snotty nose res kids like to be honest like you know when they were on when they were on the come up like i I actually live i'd say about three hours away from where they're from Mm. and uh you know our group had some influence on them and you know i'll be straight up about that and i know like they know they they did an interview where they you know they name drop mob balance and you know for us like where we're from there's not too many artists but it just so happened that there was two duos coming out of the Northern BC mm-hmm. and, you know, we're making, we're making energy and, uh, we were actually supposed to do a, a project together. Um, but you know, like things started to fall apart for, uh, for my partner and I through Mob Balance and Snotty Nose was kind of, you know, taken off and I think they needed that space. Right. So both these things kind of just didn't end up panning out they didn't work out but it was a it was a dope concept and you know it's about repping from where we're from like the the whole concept of it was to you know put this area more on the map in some way so like along the way i think i think it comes with though if if i had
0: not that i'm super famous or any of that stuff i just feel like when you accept a philosophy That's rooted in artistry. Like the Toltec way of walking. The Mexica way of walking. The Mesoamerican way of understanding time. And energy. And art. I mean. It's it's not the same road as being a popular rapper. Not saying that you can't be popular. I'm just saying it's not the same road. Because it could be more focused on creativity. And that creativity ultimately leads to the popularity because i've seen people from like small towns make it big with a really good video something that was really well thought out you know and then they executed it and i i've seen kids like fora this kid just had a really good video maker and don't get me wrong he's a good kid he writes good songs but the videos just gave gasoline or rocket fuel to his career. So what totally. I'm trying to say for artists that are and, from and so keep far, keep
2: in mind all these videos were super underground, independent, but he just made them dope.
0: Yeah, and then he 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 met the right people in Los Angeles. They knew how to like advertise for yep. him, and you know he got a good pub. So it, it, there's a whole system about being a commercial artist and getting on some massive tours. But it starts and ends with creativity. You know, the more creative you are, you could be in fricking Alaska. And if you're creative, you can find a way to shine through with nowadays technology, with social media, with YouTube, with all those, those things weren't available for artists that were stuck in the rural, rural areas of Canada. You know, they didn't have, you know, like you were lucky if you got MTV to go out to your area and fucking expose somebody. You know, like, if <laughs> yeah. anything, I bet you we can't even name one, you know? Um, yeah, totally.
1: Totally. I'm so, going back, back to that philosophy and, like, that's that's exactly where I am. So, like, over these last couple of years with COVID, right, like, there was a lot of that kind of stuff boiling in the head. Like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, I'm missing out or I'm not a part of it. You know, like, uh, you, you end up with a lot of these. I mean, this, for me, like, I ended up with a lot of this like self analytical nonsense that was like coming through and I was trying to filter out, but over time, like, you know, just being removed from the scene and being able to connect with my, my children and myself. And also like, I've been doing a lot of other things too, right? Like I got my gun license and I want to go, you know, I want to go out and learn how to hunt. Cause I didn't grow up doing that kind of thing. You know, I'm trying to like, get some experience and, uh, you know, put, put that into the music, right? Like that's, that's,
0: that's exactly exactly what artists do though, is they, you know, I have talks with my children and and I tell them like, like as I see them develop and want to be a part of music or one of my sons, you know, he writes and then he engineers and he does things like that. He's going to school for it. And I go, I tell them, you know, look for things you got to start looking for things that you believe in and reading a lot about it you know yeah. like you you're you going i'm gonna get a gun license i'm gonna go hunt a deer and i'm gonna wow and that becomes a memory in your mind and you the artist transforms that into a song so creating um different ways that's what i mean it goes right back to what i was just saying is the more creative you are and i learned that being from los angeles is that you had to stand out, but not only stand out, you had to like really stand out. Coming from a humongous city like Los Angeles, where, you know, if you're rich, you get to be on big stages. But if you're poor, you have to be ultra good to get on those little stages. Right. And it doesn't matter
2: yeah. if, if you use the title indigenous hip hop or underground hip hop. Like to me, you know, I had an argument the other day with, an OG and he was just like well why is it Why does indigenous hip hop Even exist it should just dope Hip hop is dope hip hop and if it's whack it's Fucking trash and I agree mm-hmm. You know it, it's like a it, it, It's it's ultimately To me it's like a it, it, It's a It shouldn't be a subgenre But for some weird reason it is Right it like, is
0: because not Everybody relates to it in the way that we relate to it absolutely
2: so i wanted to ask you or tell like do you label yourself as an indigenous hip-hop artist do you even believe that 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 should be a label in itself because you know as i'm looking forward to this subgenre, it, it looks very promising like it, it's a it, it, it fits right in right
0: yeah it has its own. yeah i voice. think i think
1: yeah i think for me it's important because you know there's a lot of us that are still decolonizing or finding our way or like you know for me personally like I I experienced shame when I was a kid you know I experienced racism I experienced living in a small town where you know being visibly indigenous in this town wasn't really like the best way to to gain popularity or fit in so I experienced this shame as a kid so like saying indigenous hip-hop it, it comes from that piece of like i'm trying to uh find my way in the world as an indigenous person and and to be proud of who i am um and hip-hop you know has been that vessel has been that uh that ticket that thing that keeps you you know you're it helped me with my confidence it helped me with my pride it helped me to have difficult conversations um you know as an artist like if you write a song that's like personal um it's raw authentic uh it's vulnerable you're showing yourself to the world so i think you know for me personally like it's important for me to be like yes i'm indigenous i'm an artist um and it's it's just part of that like we need that visibility and we need to be proud of that visibility i guess you know what i'm saying
2: well, you know, Zero, you, you always make this point that it's like, ultimately, it's like a way of life, right, Zero?
0: Yeah. It is a way of life that we're trying to reintegrate and implement in our daily life, however we can. But the way I think about indigenous hip-hop as a genre or a certain category or whatever, um, it's like when we of the generation that were able to see public enemy blow up. We felt like, oh, wow, cool. Everybody's going to hear the story of a tragedy, you know, a trauma, you know, like they're talking about being slaves on a ship and getting their freedom and Malcolm X. And, oh, wow, we get to talk about that too, right? No, wrong. (laughs) You ain't going to get no fucking public enemy native or public enemy Mexican or public enemy anything like that. Because we are on stolen fucking land. And whose land did they steal? Ours. They're never going to go, oh, yeah, that fucking group is telling the truth. I want to fucking highlight them. So that's why I'm saying we go right back to the same conversation that we were having. That creativity, nothing stops creativity. Nothing stops talent. Like if you're talented, you, like snotty, snotty knows. you know, they, they portray that reservation blues in their own way right they make fun of like they're very playful with it but they tell you the truth about their experience coming from their reserve right yeah for real so and they're super fucking dope yeah, and they have cadence, and they have you know dope, dope sounds, and and they're just they're they're cool. And I'm sure I'm, I'm all of the Canadian hip hop artists. T- tell me if I'm wrong. Have to work triple, quadruple, even harder than we did in in Los Angeles because you guys are so far off, like so far away from the major media. Oh, um, for real, man! You know, <laughs> like. Because the first thing people say, Armando, tell me when you're, you're one that book shows, it's like, you go, oh, yeah, dude, Armando, I got, you know, this guy from Canada, his name is Earthchild. Like, and then the first question you're going to ask, how many followers there? Yep. How many followers is there? Oh, he has 800. Oh, okay, cool. He's just starting. No, he's not. He's really dope. Listen. <laughs> it's like, but you can't get past first base if you have, like, I know, because it's not like I have fucking a million followers. You know,
1: but yeah, like I, I mean, s- but some the m- people just m- get it like, like lightning in a bottle sometimes too, right? Like it just...
0: Well, it's not, you know, and you know what the lightning is? Creativity. Yeah. That's yeah. what the lightning is. It's not lightning in a bottle, in my opinion, it's creativity. If you can capture the most creative expression that you have for a song that you just described as being vulnerable something that connects with individuals um, in, a, in a way that's, like, a general. Because, like, I always try to, like, my partner always tells me, write a song for me. And I, and I, I write the song, and she's like, that's not about me. And I go, it's about <laughs> it's about you, but I'm not going to say, hey, this is your name. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not going
1: to be, like. It's going to oh, be universal you know, to some degree, so other people can, you know. Well, that's the
0: part I, of the part that you're, you're that creative part of it to make it general okay. for everyone. Because you're coming yeah. from, and I'm using that as an example for people who are from a far place. How are, yeah, totally. how are you going to make me from Los Angeles, who has lived in a city all his life, relate to you who have probably lived in a very, like you said, small town or, you know. Real community, yeah. I yeah. live on the res currently. Yeah, uh, so how do you, how you live on the, and live, life on the res is completely different from a big city, Yeah. You know? totally. So how are we going to relate? You know, yeah, yeah, and so to get back to the topic of indigenous hip hop genre, um, it's kind of like we have to create our own category because we have our own story that no one in a commercial space is going to sponsor because it's a story of truth and survival of genocide <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and the theft, the theft of indigenous land who's who in any corporate world or in any government's gonna go i want to hear that song you know they're not gonna they're gonna want to hear that song but we need one to
1: time where mob bounce uh, we performed for like this convention that had like all the mayors in canada like roll up in vancouver and it was just really weird yeah because <laughs> we had like a protest song right but for us it was like we're gonna do this fucking song you know? yeah and okay, they and I mean, then and so then easy. you start putting your that and you know what that is do you know what that
0: story reminds me of like putting your art to the test you know what I mean are we are you gonna conform are you gonna do a song that's friendly to everyone because you're in front of yeah. officials that you know whatever and then then you do the rebellious thing and go well fuck and then never get a gig again never get a grant <laughs> again <laughs> you know never like people artists survive off of grants artists survive off of having a good name so I just take it as a challenge to be very eloquent but truthful to power. I cannot yeah. be intimidated by it. Yeah. And if I'm on the stage and you invite a bunch of mayors and they know they will be offended by my song, you should have not invited me. <laughs> That's your fault. That's not my fault. I'm not going to conform to anything. You can't. Not when you're sovereign. Not when you're walking beauty, as the Lakota say, and not when you...
1: Walk as a dreamer, like the Toltecs yeah. say. You know, yeah, that's beautiful. I just wanted to point out too. You know, like I really appreciate uh, you guys having me on this podcast tonight and having this conversation. And uh, you know, because I haven't, I haven't really been talking to to many people. You know, like I, I link in with some some different artists here and there but you know we never have that that time to chop it up and, and talk about this kind of thing so i really feel uh you know the wisdom in this space is something important for me to hear too you know uh, you know coming back and you know coming back and building my confidence as an artist and as a person and you know building up and and getting back out there and uh you know so this this earth child thing like my solo stuff like i've I've just started, I I released two singles so far and I, I did a joint project with uh, uh, with my homie CJ Grizz, who's out of Quebec. Uh, he's, uh, he's a Cree uh, brother and he's a producer and MC and we both just linked online and made a project called Indian Time. Um, yeah, so like that's kind of been the last couple of years, me just chipping away, slowly getting back in there. And I noticed at the beginning of the podcast, Uh, the podcast you mentioned uh, you know not doing albums and putting out singles and that's kind of where I'm at and uh, you know I've been uh, digitally designing all of my own my own shit I handle everything it's all kind of just from me like I create my covers um, I produce I mix I record kind of everything And, uh,
0: that 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 right there that you just described is pretty much like ninety nine percent of the artists give up because they have to do all that, you know, because it causes you. You have to be creative in very different areas, other than the music that you're that you're recording. I know what yeah. that was like. It was almost draining. Where you're like, oh shit, I got to be creative over here, and I got to be creative over here, and I got to oh, and then I got to write a song, you know, and you know, it's it's, but. That again will go back to that point. It's about the creativity. So yeah. the more creative you are with your cover, the more creative you are with your song, the more creative you are with your video, the more creative you are with things. I think we just want to leave a, a piece of art that lasts, even your creation. You know, it stands to on its much. it stands yeah. on its own. Like for me, it would be cool to be like, you know. A hundred years from now, people going, oh, taking my lyrics and singing them with different instruments, you know, yeah. like it's just it's a trip how art can surpass even the person that created it. That's that's when, you know, you're in tuned with the create the great creator, you know, and so and that's why I believe in indigenous hip hop movement. You know, that's why I believe in the story of us telling that story. It's going to expand into other. It's going to expand into music. But there are some very profound. We have like and you said it, 20 well, public enemies that are saying really good things about our history in a very cool way over very good production.
2: Yeah. And and, and you have a For point, yeah. Zero. Um, they're, they're making a category out of it. Mm hmm. Let right. them. It's,
0: I think it's cool that 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 becomes that, and then then it's really them going, oh, all you fucking rebel rousers, go stand in that corner over there, you know, because you're not really a part of hip hop, you know, you're you're just some protesters, you know, some you know people that want to talk about negativity. But your job as an artist is to take that destructive past. And carve the most beautiful art that affects your family. Yeah. And what I mean by family is all tribes across Turtle Island. Yeah. We all have one story that we take care of the earth. And we're tired of dying for that. Yeah. Straight
2: up. And um, any last words, Earthchild?
0: Yeah, share your handles and and ways and new projects.
1: Oh, totally. Uh, uh, You can find me uh, on Instagram. It's at Hebezilla. So that's at H E E B Z I L L A. Um, You go to my Facebook. That's just Urchild. Type in Urchild Music. Um, Yeah, man hit me up like um i'm just getting back out there and like the plan you know the plan this year is to just uh start putting out those singles i've been working with uh you know a few younger artists that uh like i used to travel around and do workshops um so i met a lot of youth along the way and you know some of these youth right like where you go into this community you just see this you know just pure talent Um, But they're young and, you know, they need to grow up or do their own thing for a bit. But I've been connecting with, uh, you know, different artists that way and and just building back up and, you know, getting ready for a good year, you know.
0: Right on. Well, we wish you nothing but luck and thank you for sharing your art with us and your story and where you're from and 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 making another connection with our tribe here in Los Angeles, because no matter how small the tribe is, where you're from or how big it is, we're one family and this is the point of LA natives is to go across indigenous barriers and stop going under titles that were given to us by colonizers and start looking at each other's hearts. What does that indigenous artist heart say? You know, and I feel it was very clear what yours is and uh, we wish you nothing but luck. And thanks for being on bro.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm definitely going to tune in and, and connect more with LA natives. Uh right what you guys are doing is is beautiful. And I I you know I pray for more growth and, and connection and let's make that tribe bigger. <laughs> Absolutely. One tribe. Absolutely. You betcha.
2: Yo, that was a dope little solid interview right
0: there, man. Like he was deep. And as we you get know, lucky zero. in that way. We get like, like lucky yeah, with those artists. And, and I
2: was telling him we're very picky in who we decide to bring on because they have to be good.
0: Mm-hmm. What
2: yeah, part of see.
1: Canada was he from?
2: Oh, I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure, but that's Damn. cool <laughs> no no, but that's but that's what's cool because absolutely. the whole point of this show Turtle is to Island Canada. he no yeah he the you know what I'm saying like borders don't don't exist, bro, yeah, you know absolutely, and the whole point of the show is to expose dope indigenous hip hop artists yes. and he's one of. Part of that list mm-hmm. when it comes to Snotty Nose, Dreezes, Dakota Bear. Right. Um, right. The dope now, dudes. Er, er, yeah. Earth Child. And this is a new solo career. I'm not familiar with any of these artists. Yeah, because so.
0: they come from very ur- rural areas. Okay. They're really good, but they're just from ur- rural areas. And and luckily, Snotty Nose Kids is like bringing a lot of those guys to the national forefront. Because okay, they're a national touring group, right? That's what you would call them? A yeah. national touring group? Yeah. No, international because they come to the U.S. and trip, travel. Yeah. And you know what?
2: This is what I love about this show because we're going to bring Earth Child right back in. Okay. And that is something we didn't touch upon. We didn't.
0: No, I did. We, we got to really... bring the
2: homeboy back on.
0: <laughs> bro, that was hilarious. <laughs> Wasn't that hilarious? But that's how raw we are, bro. I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah man that's good uh uh for me man like sometimes i get nervous and i'll, I'll skip a whole like i could have you know i could have did my introductions probably a little bit better because um and i and, and eyeball made a point so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so i wanted to say you know i'm, I'm nehiel metis so oh. i'm creating t um Like, my mother is uh, originally from Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. Oh, cool. Uh, My father's originally from Slave Lake, Alberta. And and I'm talking about, like, the indigenous roots, uh, Mm. you know, where where we come from, the land. Uh, But I was born in Prince George, uh, uh, British Columbia on Kletle Tene Territory. And I reside on Woodzoeton territory and that's where my partner's from. And that's where my mom's partner is from. So that's you're on the
0: west I'm coast like. or east coast
1: or in the I'm, I'm on I'm on the west coast, oh, British dope. Columbia. Oh dope. I'm, like, I'm twelve hours north of Vancouver. Okay, California. so you're
0: oh okay, cool. Fuck okay. it. Yeah, I've man. been to I've been to um
1: the northwest coast up here. <laughs>
0: I see. Yeah, it'll be like the San Francisco, right? <laughs> of BC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm about
1: uh I'd say about four hours from uh, Prince Rupert, which is like, you know, the okay. ocean. Yeah, I, I've been um, to the island of I is, N- is, I've, I've
0: toured on the island of Nanaimo, and we did a show in British Columbia once. Yeah, it's Vancouver it Island. Yeah, Weird. it was pretty cool out there. It was, it was cool. We went to this crazy hippie, like hippie, hippie, <laughs> hippie, hippie, hippie. It seemed like it was a city or. I don't know if it was a city or a town or a commune or something, but my, <laughs> my homie was like, who booked El Vu to go to Saskatchewan. He had a, he had a bar on one night. And then he had us go to this hippie commune or something. It was, cause it wasn't in a, like, like a <laughs> there's building. There's a
1: lot of uh, music festivals that happen in Canada. And like a lot of them are like, there's a lot of hippies out there, right? Yeah. In
0: that Island, and, there was and a and lot. it's just,
1: like, that's like one generalization, but it, it, you know, it's basically a community of people who've been doing like music oh. festival for the past, we you played know, they got like the 50th anniversary coming up and they've been doing it in We played
0: at that, at that, at that, uh, like, um, hippie or not. I, I don't want to call them hippie. I just want to call them like, you know, I don't know. They, they were kind of culture, right. White kind of culture <laughs> people <I guess>. like <laughs> anyways, we played with this dope ass group called the Oh, fuck with the amphibian phenomenon and there were some white cats that were fucking dope they rapped fucking dope it was a girl and a guy and they would rap about like you know um you know conspiracy but like um like how we're connected to dolphins and the amphibians and like crazy like <laughs> middle earth kind of stories and it was really done with like some raw 90s hip-hop with Really good flows, but they did not look like hip hop artists. They looked like he was wearing like a cowboy hat, and <laughs> their chick looked like just totally not like a hip hop artist. And they <laughs> fucking smoked me out, and it was the best fucking weed in the world. <laughs> weed was strong. It was fun going there. Anyways, the west coast of British Columbia always has. Yeah, yeah. Of. For sure.
1: Yeah, we're actually uh, uh, right on the res here. We got a dispensary, and it's indigenous-owned. Nice. So, like, there's a – it's called Indigenous Bloom, and it's – Nice. That's a great
2: name for a shop, bro.
0: yeah. That's dope.
1: Yeah, it's it's an indigenous uh, dispensary, and they – you know, it's indigenous employees – up the wazoo, but like, you know, they bring these alternatives to communities like ours and, you know, other reses and rural places. And it's, I'm, you know, that's, that's where I get my medicine. (laughs)
0: Perfect. Well, I mean, thanks for jumping back on and and clarifying where you're from. I'm glad you were still on to clarify where you're from. Cause best believe a a lot of our
2: audience might want to ask, you know, cause we've had that before, right? Because, you know, just a lot of people, want to know yeah you know absolutely thank you for jumping yeah, back horrible. on Urchild. Yeah. child it, again it's so, super important <laughs> it is now look anyone tuning in make sure you follow them what's your instagram right now
1: um it's at hebezilla there so, it is
2: make sure you guys uh, follow them and there's a link tree there yeah. I, I, well yeah. it's, it's not a link tree it's something better i actually Noticed that I was like, "Yo, what is this? This is like a great link tree alternative." Like literally, I saw oh, I it. Was impressed. It's
1: called uh, Solo T O. Um, and one of my buddies put me onto it because he's the kind of guy who's like, "I'm not into the mainstream. I'm not into the link tree. I want something else." You know, so Solo dot T O, yeah. and that that gives you access to you know all my social handles and uh you know the music streaming services where my where you'll find my music. So.
2: Hell yeah! All right, thanks a lot, child Thank you for jumping back on.
1: Yeah, much love, guys. That was funny. Yo,
2: we needed that, right, Zero? That was hilarious. It turned into a whole doper conversation too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look, June twenty fifth, catch one, Dakota Bear, Zero Velvoo, Nug Life, Brew, Bru, Azumali, Sub One, Product Pistolas polka one indigenous cats that's a tribe plus many more that's a tribe yeah 13 dollar ticket it's the best place to be in la on that i believe saturday night
0: yeah it's gonna be fun because everybody has a different message but is a part of the same family you know and and they're really dope hip-hop artists I wouldn't suggest them if they weren't, you know. But, yeah, that underground scene is going to be dope that day. So, anybody, first we have to remind the audience to um, subscribe to our YouTube. Because we're trying to get to 1,000. We're almost there. We're almost there. You know, thank you for whoever has shared so far. And um, thank you for the hundreds of people who watch
2: every episode, Zero. And this is not even including our Spotify and iTunes listeners, man. We just, I'm just so thankful that people tune in and support.
0: We're trying to create a safe space for indigenous people to heal. That is not easy because everybody has beef with each other sometimes. And hopefully we created a space where everyone can be welcome and no one could be judged and and yeah, we're going to disagree and that's okay. Cool. I don't want to be in a position where everybody agrees or we all bend a knee to whoever we think, you know, it's like that's not that's not a movement. A movement is a group of people that can hold their own and have collectively decided to change things, you know, whether it be in their neighborhood, whether it be in themselves. You know, that's the type of movement we are trying to create here that revolves around indigenous principles and life and hip hop, hip hop, art, music, painters, you know, everything.
2: Yo, Eyeball, thank you for chilling with us. Yeah, bro. What What do you think about the show, Eyeball? I think it's dope.
1: Educational, too. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, for me. I mean, I'm not indigenous, so. That's right. Yeah.
2: That's right. So what are you? <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, Zero, thank you yeah, for for hosting this podcast. I'm looking forward to June 25th. I know Eyeball's looking forward to June 25th. Um, we have a very special announcement. We're on Friday for Underground Hip Hop Blog. Um, it's going to be massive. Nice. It's going to be massive. Oh, shit. No yeah, way. It's, it's, it's going to be it's coming
0: down that when? It, it's
2: uh, July 22nd. It's going to be undergroundhiphopblog.com 10 year anniversary
0: event. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really big show, and yeah. everybody needs to see Zero
2: knows that. who we booked, but we just can't really see yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the, the blog's job and stuff. But yeah, no, it's always an honor to come here. And now that things are settling down with um, Mali Nali Superfoods over there. You know, plant-based Aslan, the first Sunday of every month. You know, you can look us up at Malinali Superfoods and join that community because that community revolves around indigenous um, people who make indigenous clothes, indigenous alternative medicines, massages, different um, psychological approaches to mental health. Um, we're creating a community that, that kind of sustains itself again, by being sovereign and being able to hold their own weight in, in that capacity, you know. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to June 25th. It's going to be fire. Dakota Bear is one of the best, man. That dude is really good, you know, and, and you're going to have a fun time there. And it's $13, at least. You know, $13 is, a, is not much to ask for a community that's trying to bring so much to, back to it. You know, we're really kind of just donating our time right now. You know, we don't, we don't ask for donations, although you can give us donations. We don't, you know, hit you with every five seconds, go buy a shirt, go buy a sweater, go buy it. That, that's not. It's all if, available, though. It, it is available, but we're not going to like shove it down their throat. Like, come on, go buy it. Come on, go buy it. It's like, no, dude, if, if that means, you know, if you don't buy any shirts, if you don't buy any sweaters, that means I'm not doing a good job or I'm, I need to do a better job because i want you to support my message it's when you buy a shirt it's like putting a dollar into a bucket out a street performer you know you believe in the message of LA natives that's what's going to give you the motivation to share it to 10 friends and tell them to subscribe cuz we want everyone to hear this show you know and and we have been getting some very solid support from the community and whoever every single one of you who has taken the time to listen to any show that LA Natives have st- has done, I thank you because I don't know how to do this. I've never been a podcaster, but I love addressing and sharing my opinion with my tribe, with my family, with the people I hold deep, deep, deep in my heart. And I don't even know you guys, you know? Hopefully one day, we have festivals and we get to see each other and, you know, that's the plans that we have. With Absolutely. This, with this um, podcast. But once again. And
2: this is why June 25th is very important because like like you said, last year we had about almost 300 people. Yeah. And that was our first one. That was our first one. Yeah, And so. um, it's a dope hip hop event, guys. Catch dot one. If you're interested in tickets, make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that like button, add a comment,
0: and share the link. Yes. And subscribe to our YouTube and share our content. And if you can afford it, buy a shirt. If you can afford it, buy whatever we put on our website. Because we're not Macy's. We're just trying to keep the boat floating and creating um, better music for you, better clothing that represents our story. That's what indigenous hip-hop is. Indigenous hip-hop isn't just music no it's the shirts like dakota bears decolonize the 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 brand that i'm going to launch anti-colonial wear right it's going to be that it's going to be this rebellious movement um that tells the story of indigenous healing by showing how strong we are surviving genocide
2: i'm gonna make sure i invite richie to be a vendor at our June 25th event He's our guest next week I am super super excited Yeah Right Zero Yeah I'm gonna talk uh, You know the f- we He actually we- runs a page called Indigenous
0: 1492 on Instagram And he has dope ass hats And his and gear beers. is top notch Yes He's like Man he's like a phenomenon Like, like he's, his designs are very simple But people want them you know, and that's a, a magic that you know, you know, just by going. Oh, I want to use that font. You know, I want to make it this big. That you know, it's very simple designs, but he's a really brilliant individual. And I'm his, always
2: super honored when, when I'm around. We, him.
0: we we interviewed him before, but
2: yeah,
0: um, I think this time around I'm a little bit more comfortable. I want to ask him about his muse and how he gets to the point where he invests money into doing this brand. And and run the You page. know he was he He's a rapper right? Richie?
2: Yeah What? Yeah So we're gonna talk about his hip hop too When did he start rapping? Bro he's been rapping Since i known him? I don't know But I saw some hip hop um, music videos And I'm sure he rapped in the past oh, So wow. I was shocked Because he was
0: He is really good No way Yeah I've never heard him He never told me he was a rapper Well Crazy. I told you Nice That's dope right? Yes Guys, next
2: week, Indigenous fourteen ninety two will be in the building. He's gonna hopefully he could showcase some of his new items, some some of his existing items to our audience because yeah. we interviewed him what the first four or five weeks into this yeah. show, uh-huh. and now we just have a whole different audience, just a whole bigger audience, right? So I'm and just super excited to bring him back on board.
0: The cool thing is, Richie makes very minimalist type designs. But they're very powerful, and they sell a lot. I know I've seen thousands
2: stuff. of people rock his gear. Yeah,
0: it, it's simple. It's what he says. It's how he says it. It's the, the way he took the picture, and, you know, that's that's really cool. He's just a cool—he's the new version of art where you have to be more than just a rapper. You know what I mean? You have to know how to do multiple things, and luckily, with the help of Armando and the help of Underground Hip Hop Blog, I became a podcaster that still does music that focuses on on it to be to last the, 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 my lifespan. I want my music to that long last longer than my lifespan because. There's one reason why, and that reason is because if my kids ever get lost and I'm gone, they can hear my music and find their way back home. That's why I write the music profound and deep. If it could touch somebody who I don't know, I know it'll touch my son if he ever gets lost or my daughter. Right? Because I found it. Right? That's the love that our ancestors had for me. So I have that same love for my children. And I extend that same love to my community. We'll see you next Wednesday.
1: still